Hi folks, this podcast you may even remember Sharon who told us her story a few months ago. Uh, eviction is now imminent and she's facing living in her car from the end of this week. We're calling on you to let your TDs know. We're calling on you to hit pause if you want and, and click on who's my TD and email them and say this has to happen, this has to stop. We can't continue down this path. Um, please listen to the podcast. Uh, it's It's... A little bit upsetting, and naturally, so it should be. Um, but please, 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 we have to do better than this. We are a better country than this. We have the resources. We have the capacity. We have the ability. We just lack the implementation. Uh, please uh, do raise your voice, whether it be on social media, via email, or indeed letters or, or phone calls to your elected officials. This stuff has to stop. We can't continue to put people uh, in on into homelessness unnecessarily. I, I mean, there's no excuse for it anymore. It's it's just a national shame. Uh, yeah. So no Patreon pitch. Just just a call to action. Thanks for the support and uh, do listen to the podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. And unfortunately today, um, I am joined, I'm happy to have Sharon um, Crandall back on Reboot Republic. Um, unfortunately, not in very good circumstances at all. Uh, Sharon, uh, listeners probably remember, spoke of her situation it is before christmas last year um i think it was december or november we spoke about um her situation facing eviction um and with her son down in Kerry. and unfortunately now sharon is in a situation where she's actually having to leave her home um on thursday just thursday this week um sharon how are you keeping i'm all right just kind of doing what I can do, you know. What's the situation now? What, what, where I'm, I'm looking at you and there's very little in the back there behind you in the room. There is. Yeah. So the house is kind of up in a heap while I'm cleaning and, and packing and I have stuff that's going into storage with friends. And then I've got stuff that I'll be taking with me in the car. Um, I'm assuming as of Thursday, I'll be camping in the car for the rest of the summer. Um, I have a lead on a place maybe for September, like to, to, to be in a, in a house, but there's literally nothing. I can't even get a campsite in West Kerry um, at this time of year. It's just impossible. So um, just going to hope the weather improves enough so it can feel like I can trick myself into thinking it's kind of a bit of a holiday. Um, I have a little camper, like a little gas ring stove and a, and a little cool box and I have duvets in the boot of the car and just got to make the best of it, really. I mean, there's not much more I can do. I keep looking for places, but there just isn't anything out there. Sharon, it's absolutely awful. And I know you're very good to, to be trying to put a positive spin on it and say, make it make it feel like a holiday. But but that can't get away from the reality, does it? No, it doesn't. But look at I mean, I've. You know, I've been trying, I've been looking for housing since we pretty much moved in here because I knew the landlord was retiring and coming to live in the premises. Like she was, she's been very fair. And, you know, this is why she bought the house was to retire in. So I knew it was coming up, but I mean, I thought I would get something over the winter because 
the summers, like this time of year is impossible. And any time mm. of year, I've lived around here for almost 20 years and you wouldn't get anything to, you know, at this time of year at all. So I was frantic over the winter and I knew if I didn't get something by March, that was going to be it. Yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't, you know, they're just either, I it just, I see around here anyways, everything is being, they're selling while the market is still high. Yeah. You know, there's little inklings of it kind of coming down and things, obviously it's not sustainable the way the market prices are. And so people are looking to sell, but those houses aren't being returned to the community. You know, they are going into either vulture funds. They're going all around here. A lot of them are going into short-term lets. And so, you know, houses that were available to, for people to rent in the community just have slowly just disappeared. I mean, there just aren't that many at all. Um, I think everybody renting in this area lives in fear, absolute fear of even hearing the landlord on the phone, because if they're selling, then there's just nowhere to go. You have to move out of the area and, you know, uh, there's emergency housing in Tralee, but we have two cats. And if you have pets that you love and they're part of your family, you're not allowed to take them to emergency um, accommodation. And so, uh, you know, when we rescued our animals, I made the, I committed to saving them and yeah. not taking them to a shelter and dumping them. So that's the choice I made is I just would rather keep them and have a unusual summer <laughs> and just hope that September is a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, <laughs> pet owners are people who aren't pet owners might find that a bit um, strange to in that decision but i i own a cat and i completely understand you know how um you would make that decision and i know as well i imagine the cat is one reason but also there has to be part of you i imagine as well just going i'm not going into that situation you know emergency accommodation you'd be afraid that you wouldn't get out of it you know um because i think there's a, there is a, some sort of because the councils are dealing with a large volume of people in distress and genuinely they are, yeah. you know, that I think once you're in emergency housing, they uh, you're looked after and they just, you're out of sight, out of mind at that stage. So not only do you have to keep yourself motivated to get out of there, but other people kind of just forget you're there, you know, yeah. um, unless, you know, something emergency wise happens, like, you know, I've called a lot of places and I mean, I want to be incredibly clear that I do not begrudge Ukrainian people any bit at all. I, I think they fully deserve help and assistance, but I have called hostels where I thought I might negotiate a weekly rate. I've called, there's a hotel nearby that I thought I might try to get a job and see if they'd give me a room for accommodation. They're like They're fully booked with Ukrainian people. And so that, I mean, I don't begrudge anybody, but it has put a lot of pressure on the situation. You know, yeah, that yeah. is clear, you know, so it just, it's just, it makes it very, very hard for everybody involved in the, in this big squeeze on housing. You know, um, I just think that, you know, there's just, it's, it's, it's such a difficult thing to get your head around because I can pack up and clean and act like I'm moving out of, I've rented many, many houses and I can act like I'm moving out to business as usual, but it won't be till I sit into the car after it's packed again, that I realize this is it. This is, this is where I'm living, you know, for the next maybe eight weeks or so. And that's, you know, it'll be the reality then that that's, you know, where I'm at, you know? 
And what uh, did the council say? When I assume in terms of you rang the council and they offered you, was it emergency accommodation? What, like, what did they say in terms of housing and uh, you going into the situation? They said West Kerry in particular is worst, the worst, one of the worst places in the county. There's just nothing available that he has two or three, maybe even four some days desperate. I mean, like really desperate people like myself calling every day, every day. Every day. And it doesn't sound like very much, but you have to figure it's the entire family usually, you know. Um, And so just trying to get them all the resources that they need. And I will say that he's been very, very nice. um, And there are resources there to help me. But it's just that there's there's nowhere to go. Now, there's a few shared places in Tralee that I'm looking into. Um, If I'm getting a house to rent here, it's just chaotic going back and forth. And, you know, just... Just since I've lived here almost 20 years in West Kerry, I just really want to stay in West Kerry. And if I'm looking at kind of getting into a house in Dingle, which I have a a good lead on, then I I just would like to stay in this area, you know, that I'll just manage somehow. I have friends I can use a shower here or there and do a load of laundry here or there. I'll just, you know, you just take one day at a time and just get through it. But the council says things are bad. I mean, they just there's a lot of derelict housing that hasn't been redone. Um, the problem I think in West Kerry that I read in, uh, on Radio Kerry recently is that uh, the, one of the re- there's property that they can buy for building social housing, um, but the problem is that it's water treatment. There's no water treatment facilities outside of Dingle, so they can't build in say Lisbon or on a skull or even west of Dingle because the infrastructure is not the there. The infrastructure is not there. They haven't invested in that, and therefore this is the. Yeah. The culmination so, of the lack of investment in, in things like that and planning for that. And um yeah. but you're saying, yeah, it's it's yeah, it does come back to you know that failure to build, you know, and plan for building social housing. You know, look councils like Kerry were told over the last 20 years, you no longer do social housing, we don't invest in you, it's the market. Yeah. Well, we had a council house in Dingle and I decided that we would move to the U.S. because my son needed more assistance with education. He had learning challenges and I was struggling to get work here. And so I moved back and it was probably one of the worst decisions I've made in my life. Yeah, um, It was one thing after another culminating with the horrific past two years of the pandemic, but a number of things went on. So here we are back at the Mercy and, you know, the, the really worrying thing is that even if I find accommodation, um, please God, that does happen by September. But, you know, the whisperings in the wind of a recession coming, you know, yeah. if, you know what saved us in the last recession is that we did have the council house and our rent was was very low. So we, that got us through, you know, not not comfortably, but we squeaked, you know, but we don't have that right now. And. So, you know, it does feel like, you know, when you're facing homelessness that you just start disappearing more every day. People don't want to know about your problems. They don't want to see you. People that can't help you just they they move on quickly. They don't want to even have a conversation with you. And so that's hard. You know, Um, I don't begrudge anybody else's success, but I, I just, you know, I have the feeling and I I've always had a positive attitude one good thing happens and then things pick up and start to snowball. So we just need to have like one good thing happen. We need to get a place to live and get settled. And, you know, um, um, 
I'm breaking out in stress rashes. <laughs> Never had uh, any kind of stress rash before, but I am blooming all over now. Um, I just think that it's it's a lot for one person. Yeah. It's a lot. Of course so, it is. It's it's too much. It's you know, it's you know, no one should have to be put through that. And that's why, as you know all too well, that you know, housing is a fundamental human need, a human right. It is. And it is. It's, sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say I agree with you hundred percent. It is. And I mean, I think I think that people are starting to really get upset and speak out. And I think that's the only way putting that pressure on is going to change. Unfortunately, I don't really think that enough is going to change until the government, until we have an election and people really uh, make their emotions known by using their vote. Because there seems to be a, a level of complacency that... I don't know that a lot of uh, the upper elected officials really get the urgency of the situation. Yeah. I really feel like it's going to get a lot worse. I think right now people are, are escaping homelessness by the skin of their teeth, or maybe they're in their short term and are getting out. But as more houses are sold and they're not sold to Irish people, I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to snowball so fast. And at some stage, we will run out of empty hotels. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that that's a, an appropriate way to live where you don't even have a kitchen or any kind of normal, you know, living space. But um, it's 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 keeps, you know, the wolf from the door. Definitely. But I mean, at some stage we will run out of premises and it's it's not sustainable. Even, you know, the HAP program that's there is was never meant to pay vulture funds. Yeah. It was it was an emergency kind of a, a safety net program that kept people temporarily until social housing could be found or they could get back up on their feet again, whatever, if there was a crisis in the family or something. But it was never, I mean, for the government to pay so much money, like out to basically a lot of foreigners, you know, a lot of foreign governments or, you know, just long term, you know, it just was never designed to be that way. Um, and, and it certainly shouldn't be cut because it is what's keeping people afloat right now, people that are in need. But certainly, you know, it's it, it isn't, you know, we're, we're treating the symptoms and not the root of the problem. You know, yeah, yeah. what we really need is, is, you know, you've talked about it so many times about all these fundamental changes that need to be made to really quick to, to truthfully really address the problem yeah. you know we need to have a social building program that's coming from the government that's really getting stuck in and building housing i mean because we're not like a few houses behind we're like i'd say you now a decade a decade I mean, of yeah, yeah absolutely yeah that i was going to say about 50 60 70 80,000 homes but probably that's what that is you know yeah yeah. I mean, no. or, or renovate. I mean, from the last census, there's apparently a lot of houses that are not being rented. So, I mean, we need to, we need to pass something to kind of uh, jiggle those loose and get them back in the market to at least give a bit of security to some people that might be living in a hotel that maybe would like to have a normal family life. You know, yeah. and kids. I mean, and the ripple on effect of all of this, just the anxiety for families, anxiety for children, children worried about being able to attend the same school. Um, you know, people that have medical conditions, you know, I'm on disability now, I have long COVID and I'm waiting for surgery. So like being homeless is not ideal, you know? I mean, I just think that like, there's a lot of, of ripple effects to 
to the housing crisis that that urgency is just not it's just not penetrating the people that really need to be listening on the ground you know yeah. the security that goes with it you know i used to when i was in homelessness uh, advocate you know in housing justice you know i knew a lot of people that were formerly homeless and you know i mean i remember one that i knew quite well she her diabetes got very very bad you don't you don't stay healthy when you're sleeping rough you know so you end up with a lot of medical issues that you know people it was a cold climate so there was you know literally like frostbite you know things like that we know that i forget is it about 117 people that have died this year of homelessness already you know it's 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 more than there has ever been in the history of the state i think isn't it more adults were at the highest level of uh number of adults homeless highest number actually in terms of homelessness yet yeah, we've exceeded um or we're very close to the highest we've ever been but we've the highest number of adults homeless than we've had recorded um you know, over over we've gone over seven thousand, and that of course doesn't include hidden homelessness. Um, and Sharon, in terms of your son, how is how is he? Uh, he's okay. I mean, it's been hard on him. I think at times he's very uh, reasonable and is working with me, and is you know, and then at other times he's uh, because he's he's nineteen and he's in an age where he's a little bit of an adult and he's a bit of a kid. Yeah, yeah. when he's like he's a bit of a kid he blames me because he thinks i'm not trying hard enough to find a place yeah. because you know looking for housing is not always you know as obvious as it, as it you know doesn't look like you're doing anything when you're sending out emails and yeah you're back from people and making phone calls you know there's a lot of waiting on on other people you know that you end up doing um but he's he's okay i mean uh he's settled into ireland a lot better than he was earlier so that is at least good. Um, I just am not wanting him to go backwards either. You know, yeah. uh, you know, his the the pandemic has has been very hard on on teenagers in particular. It has, yeah. Young kids, I think, probably didn't know any better. They just no. kind of more of a go with the flow. Uh, but teenagers have such a yearning to kind of break free of the parents and have more independence. And I mean, largely in the last two years, they haven't been able to do that because. Mm look at where we are, you know, um, it's a little bit better, but I mean, right now the rate of COVID is the highest in carry in the country, I think, as of last week it was. So it's, it's certainly not gone. A lot of people yeah. have, COVID, you know, and that's made getting housing, you know, we had an emergency person to stay with um, and, you know, they got COVID. And so it's just, you know, it's one thing after another. And because I'm at risk, you know, you have, um, Oh, you know, I suppose I just can't live with people that are party animals. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, but like you're, you're there being careful because they're coming home to live in my space. Yeah, you're an adult, you know. It's like, why should you be ha having to live your life in a house share situation? Do you know what I mean? You have a right, yeah. you know, to your own home with your, you know, with your child. And yeah, you know, and that is a lot of one and two bedroom places, you know, two bedroom it's all three when three would be fine, but I mean, it's just, is nothing available at all. But I mean, that's the thing I have to think about too, is that, you know, I've had COVID once and my lungs aren't great. And so I can't, I can't get COVID again, you know, yeah. and a lot of people now, I do see a few more masks today on, but I mean, a lot of people are just, they're just over it in their mind. They yeah. just are doing it. They're not putting the mask back on. If they get it. They get it. Fine. Fair enough. You know, fine. That's their decision. But it's the people that when their decisions affect me, that's where I kind of think, oh, 
I'm done with people. <laughs> I can't, you know, I just can't do all that. It's easier for me to sleep in the car where I could control my environment and not feel like I have to, you know, worry, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, it's tough. Like, yeah. And, and of course, yeah. And it just shows how the pandemic has, you know, worsened situations of housing insecurity and, you know, health. And as you say, um, if you were to, because, you know, this podcast is listened to by journalists and by politicians. We know what would you say to government now if you were talking to them? Well, you know, I have to say that one thing that has occurred to me is that we cel- this we celebrated the centennial of this country just over 100 years, not long ago, yeah. four, was it three or four years ago. And um, this country is, is fairly young, Mike. And the way that a lot of the land is getting sold out, it's like, you know, a lot of people that I know and that I've met in almost the 20 years that I've been here, you know, have a deep amount of pride about being Irish, about being a free republic. And, you know, when we sell out the land, we're giving away the country. Mm. And that is a fundamental thing that I just don't think that it occurs to people that that is actually being done. You know, it's very hard to get back what's sold out from under you. So there is that thing, too, that, you know, I love Ireland and I don't want to see it changing so dramatically. And this is this housing crisis that's so bad here. I never thought I would see. Never thought I would see here. Yeah. And also, I think think a level of understanding. um, I think threshold has been brilliant every time I've dealt with them. But I think just in terms of training people on a council level, I think they, you know, it's very hard for them to even, I think, wrap their heads around it because they're in, you know, fairly well-paid, secure jobs. And I just think that they don't, there's a level of shame when you become homeless. Yeah. It's not my fault, but it feels like it is. It feels like I missed something. I should have done something more or other people look at you differently. And so when you're dealing with people, it's very hard to express how bad you feel sometimes because there is (sighs) when you work your whole life and you've done work in the community and you've been a decent person and you've done everything that you were raised to be and you're still at this position my heart totally goes out for people that are in a worse situation than I am but I'm now facing a very uh, very very tough you know situation and I think they need to really understand that people, they need to hear the voices of people that are just, it's like an echo chamber. You know, they need to listen that people, we're not statistics, we're not census data. We are real families and individuals and we deserve to be heard. We deserve help. I don't want a handout for the rest of my life. I just want to be able to know that I can go and get in a real bed without waking up and feeling like I've been beaten with a stick, that I can actually have a bathroom, a proper toilet to use, that I don't have to play, well, where will I try to go to the toilet this morning? Because I've used that one and that one this week. And so I don't want to be in, you know, in somebody's business or, you know, all of these things. I mean, when you have to think about every little thing you do that way, that, you know, for government to just realize that it's, there literally aren't, I just saw a map online, there aren't even in public toilets and showers enough. 
If it gets worse, literally people will not be able to bathe and go to the toilet. And those are, that, that's dignity. I mean, that's, that's something that people shouldn't in this day and age and in the wealth of this country that people shouldn't have to consider. You know, the price of electricity has gone completely crazy and the cost of living, but it's just the dignity at some stage where, you know, if money can't, like, it's not even about money at this stage. It's just the services are not there. The housing is not there, you know? So like they need to actually help people in the present, but also they need to start working five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ahead because that's not it's it's they're just kind of putting a band-aid on right now but there is nothing being resolved for the future that i can see nothing that i've read and i read constantly i don't see anything major coming down you know the line so you know for them when they when they think of who they're going to help you know uh 80 houses is a drop in the bucket it's it's barely it's not even going to be a ripple you know but these pe- but people are are not anonymous you know they they really are people that need to be seen and heard and so when the tds have their clinics you know they need to make room for the fact that every td i've gone to has not helped me at all yeah um, one tried he wrote a letter but i mean the council didn't have any houses for him to put me on a preferential list for the other one actually wouldn't take my name he was in the car he was driving and that was that and he said there's nothing i could do for you didn't even take down my name and phone number. So at this stage, you know, I recognize that they're busy, but this is a community problem. This is what they are elected to do. And so either do the job or get out of the way and let somebody that was going to solve the problem, let somebody else work the problem because it is becoming bigger than small communities can even handle. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the fact, that's the truth of it. It is. Yeah. And when I get out of, out of my trouble, I'll do my best to help other people because I can see that it's going to get worse. And I just want to, I, I'm desperately trying to resolve my problem before it gets worse, where it's going to be harder to get help. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think, Sharon, that, you know, it's it's so important that, you know, you've told your story again and, you know, I can see how difficult it is and hear how difficult it is for you, you know, and it's just, it's so upsetting and it's, you know, it's upsetting for, you know, so much for you and for, I know for our listeners as well. And for, you know, the people who care, who really care, you know, you know, I care, you know, there's a lot of people out there who do, they, you know, I'm embarrassed, ashamed that, you know, you are being put in this situation. You know, I feel that our country has failed, you know, I have failed that, and I know it's, it's, you know, it is not you. It is not you that has failed. It is government. Governments over and over who took policy decisions that would not build social housing, that would not build affordable housing, that put the market first, that allowed and still allows the investors and the, you know, the people who have money to buy multiple properties and turn them into short stay, you know, Airbnb or whatever it is that, you know, that they just won't step up and, um, you know, I know that that's what our listeners would like me to say to you, that it's not your fault, you know, and that, you know, you are going to do the best you can do. And um, I really just can't believe that you're going into, you know, that situation of homelessness now. And um, my heart breaks for you. And, 
I hope in telling this story, something will change that in given in given this space and what we do and trying to highlight it. And we will highlight, you know, your situation. And um, listen, thank you for telling your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me on again, Rory. And Sharon, listen, we will um, talk to you again. And that was uh, Sharon Crandall there, who is really just heartbreakingly sad going into homelessness in the next couple of days. Um, and it really, as I said, it is a shame on this country that we are doing that to thousands of people and thousands of families when we are the wealthiest we have ever been in this country, when we have 166,000 vacant buildings. Um, it's not good enough. It's not acceptable. Something has to be done. Um, and if you can, please share this podcast around, let people know, contact your TD, um, your counsellors, let them know that we don't accept this as what is the fate of our country, what is going on. It has to be different. Something can be done or else, as Sharon says, they should stand aside. And if they're not willing to step up um, and stop this level of human trauma going on and being done to people, this structural violence as a result of state failure, of policy failure, then let others who want to and who are prepared to step up step in and this is not okay and we're not accepting this as normal we will leave it there we'll talk to you all soon thanks for listening